blessing. Um, God blesses me like that. He allows me to see what he does and only he can do and how he works. And it's a miracle. Fathers, dads, this morning, I have a word for you. And it comes from the word of God, praise God, because that's what we want to hear from. We want to hear from our heavenly father. But I have a word for you this morning. Father's Day is probably the one time that I'll focus in uh, on a specific uh, topic. Um, a lot of other times that we celebrate our holidays, I don't. But you know what, daddies? This is an important day. It gives me an opportunity to not only remember who I need to be as a dad, but to help us to understand who we need to be as daddies and leaders and, and mommies, the whole, the whole gamut. Amen? So with that said, Father, we thank you for your love and your grace, for the dads that are in this room, and for the dads-to-be. May we engage your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't care how late you stay out. Stay out as late as you want. You want to borrow the new car? You want to borrow my credit card? Kids today, they really have it rough. I have no idea where we are or where we're going. I mean, when I was their age, life was easy. Super easy. Why haven't you gotten a tattoo yet? How come you don't have any piercings yet? Yep, we're lost. We are completely lost. Ooh, sports. Just do whatever the mechanic says to do. Vehicle maintenance is completely overrated. Look, whatever the mechanic is asking, just pay him. Pay him whatever he wants. I wish they had soap operas at night. I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. Well, what about the creepy guy with the motorcycle? He's cute. Yeah, sure. Spring break in Tahiti sounds fun. Hey, make sure you get all your video games done before you start your homework. You don't have to pass all your classes. What? You have a project due tomorrow, and you've known about it for four weeks, and you haven't started yet? Sweet! Doesn't anybody want to know if we're there yet? Remember, if you need anything between midnight and 4 a.m., please come wake me up. Hey, I'm on the phone. Could you bring the baby over and let him climb all over me? Hey! Hey! Can you please turn that music up? Well, we just stopped for lunch 10 minutes ago, but yeah, let's stop again. I never have trouble with my toddler. I never have trouble with my teenagers. I never have trouble with my adult children. You know, she's right. We are ruining her life. Yes, more homework to correct. All right, whining. Yay, tantrums. Mmm, vomit. We just really need to spoil these kids more. Sorry, buddy. I don't know any good jokes at all. You're 16. You pretty much know everything now. I think 18's a great age to get married. Okay, remember, make sure you turn on all the lights before you leave the house. Hey, could you leave the front door open for a couple hours? Thanks. Whoa! Money really does grow on trees. Yeah. All right, so uh, who's, who's the dad in the room? Who's the dad? Raise your hand if you're dad. So I would like for every, if you're dad, I'd like for you to come up here and line up across the stage, and I want you to confess everything you ever did, just like that. <laughs> um, I don't know about uh, some of you daddies in the room, but, you know, it's kind of crazy. When I was growing up, I did a whole lot of things that my dad tried to, to tell me and instill in me and to talk to me, 
And it's so interesting that when I became a dad, that's when I finally realized what he was actually trying to do, was to instill things in me that would help me and benefit me. And um, But it's not until sometimes you actually become that daddy that you realize that, right? And it's only by the grace of God then you can speak into the life of your children. We have two daughters, Eleanor, our oldest, and Heather, who was uh, here on stage. And um, that's pretty much what it, the way it was with them. Um, I always tried to do what's right. I mean, I think we all basically tried to do what's right. This morning's sermon, really, it's one word. It's the sermon title's integrity. And that's kind of an interesting word, integrity. And it's a word that's not used a lot today. Who, who would agree to that? It's, it's not really used a whole lot today. And I'm not sure uh, why, because uh, we're going to talk about it. And, and, and as the Bible talks about the word integrity. But I had the opportunity, knowing I was going to preach this morning on integrity, to ask about a dozen people last week, what does the word integrity mean to you? And I asked uh, some older people and some real young, but about a dozen in the age of about 35 to about 25. And now this is not, um, this is not being critical, and I mean that, but, but when I asked them, they looked at me and really didn't have an idea what the word meant. They, they didn't really know. And they, well, what do you mean? You know, you know, explain to me what you mean by integrity. And it's, it was kind of interesting. Um, and again, that's not being critical. Uh, when I probed a little more, they would say things like, well, you mean being honest or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm going, huh, okay. So, of course, what do I do? I Google it, right? And so I found this really neat, old explanation of integrity on the web. Before we go there, I want to speak this. And for those that are listening on the web, this is the sermon um, scripture I'm basing this morning's uh, sermon on. It's Psalms 41.12. It says this. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. And This is what we're going to kind of dissect this morning, look at. What does God say about integrity? But I want to make sure we're all up to the speed. Everyone's on the same plane on what I'm talking about. When I say integrity, awesome video from Google. Let's watch. The following informational message is brought to you by Sagebrush. If you want to live a life of integrity, please follow these special instructions. Admit when you are wrong. Be the first to forgive. Be the first to stand when everyone else sits down. Do what is right, even when no one else does. Say no when people are trying to get you to do something you know you shouldn't. Tell the truth and accept the consequences. Stand up for something you believe in, even though it might mean rejection or ridicule. Defend someone who is considered unpopular or unacceptable. When faced with a limitation, give your very best, regardless of pain or discomfort. Confront a fear without running away. Give sacrificially to protect or promote either someone you love, someone who has been wronged, or someone in need. If you follow these special instructions, you will be on track to live a life of integrity. Thank you for listening. So what do you think? Piece of cake, right? Anyone can do all that. 
Now, just in case you missed it, yes, just in case you missed it, I didn't. First, he said, admit when you're wrong. Can, can we do that? Dads, can we do that? Did you have to grow into that, though? Yeah, when you were 16, would you admit when you were wrong? Uh, yeah, thanks. I, pre- I wouldn't either. I, you know, no way. What else? We need to forgive a man of integrity, a woman of integrity, stands up when needed, tells the truth, says no when needed, gives sacrificially, and do your best no matter the circumstance. A life of integrity. It really means just being who you are and who God created you to be. He really wants us to live a life that is a life that would be like the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And that's not easy. It never was, though, guys. You know, you can turn the clock back 400 years to 1,000 years. It doesn't matter how far you turn the clock back. A life of integrity is not easy. It's not something that comes naturally, and you, and you know that. It's something that's intentional. It's something that we must really, really dig deep and go, wow, I mean, really? When confronted with things in life, can I do this? Can I stand up for what's right? Can I do the right thing? Can my yes be my yes and my no be my no? And I got to tell you something. I really believe this to be true. The answer is yes. We can live a, a life of integrity. It doesn't mean we're perfect nor perfected, but we can grow. And, and, and daddies, our challenge this morning is to continue to grow. And young men, that might be daddies, if God willing one day to be that man that is a man of integrity that you pass on to others the same. See, that's where the rubber hits the road. I wasn't always the daddy that necessarily for our daughters, Heather and Eleanor, um, that was a total man of integrity. I worked seven days a week when they were children. I had a business. Um, I bought them stuff, and I felt like that was their daddy. I mean, as long as I bought them stuff and we provided for them, that was it. Now, why do I share that? I share that because as I learned more about what a, a, a daddy should be and a man of God, or not actually a man of God, I wasn't saved then, um, but who I should be, I, I, let, I let my wife, Trish, uh, mother them, and I thought that was good enough. Well, then I did exactly what these two people did. I was confronted by the Word of God, and I say confronted. I just mean all of a sudden one day the Word of God spoke to my heart, and God spoke to me, and he revealed to me my need to be saved, and I was saved, 1992. Now, I happen to remember it was 1992, September 29th, 10.32 a.m. Now, for me, I remember because I was a grown adult, and all of a sudden God invaded my life and woke me up. And then all of a sudden I realized, though, by his word, by his grace, I needed to step up as a daddy. I, I needed to step up big time. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened over years. And it's still happening today. Amen? Okay, so I say all of that for what we're fixing to hear God say. God has a lot to say about integrity. And, and if we're not listening with our hearts, we might go, Oh, my goodness, God, what do you expect from me? And God expects, you know what? He expects nothing from us but his best in us. And we'll talk about that as we go along. So here we go. Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. We have this struggle all around us because we're constantly 
being inundated by things, whether it's social media or, or things that we're watching or, or by the world that says, you know what, you really don't need to necessarily live a life of integrity. Would you agree? There's always something constantly coming against us to say, well, you know, it's okay. Just do it if it feels good or as long as you don't, you don't hurt someone else. And we're constantly bombarded. Uh, maybe not you, but I know I am. Every time I turn around, someone's trying to take me down, you know, and, and I just, I, I, I can struggle in this area if I'm not careful because then I want to be a part. I, I want to be a, a friend, quote unquote. I, I, I want to do what's right, but every time I turn around, the perversity, if you will, that's a pretty strong word, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a good translation. The perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them, meaning those that don't want to live a life of integrity will try to, try to take me down. Now, why? Because they want me to be where they're at because it justifies their position, right? So I just go, God, help me, help me. And then Proverbs 21, uh, 2 and 3 says this, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. To, the, to do righteous and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. So not only do we have, uh, you know, the world trying to take us away from a life of integrity, but we have ourselves trying to take us away from a life of integrity. And, and the thing is, you know, as Proverbs says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Okay, again, you know, uh, we have a tendency to do that, right? What's right and wrong? I could take 10 things right here and listen. I could take th- 10 things right here and listen. And I could say, okay, congregation, what's right and what's wrong? And we'd have all kinds of different opinions on different things that are right and wrong, Right? I mean, that's a given. So again, I'm not being critical there, but it's a given. So what is right and what is wrong? Because in our own eyes and into to our own person, um, everyone thinks differently. And I, I get that, you know, that's my struggle when I was trying to become more of a man integrity of integrity, especially as a as a born again believer, as a Christian daddy. You know, I, I always was struggling. And, uh, you know, do you, do you allow your kids to do this? Do you allow them to do that? Do you allow them to watch this? Do you allow them to hear that? You, you get what I'm saying? And, and, and it's a struggle. And, and you know, what, what I, at first, what I thought might be okay, Trish didn't. And the things Trish thought might be okay for the girls to hear and watch, I didn't. And, and we worked through that kind of stuff. It's a for real thing. And then verse 3 says, To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. God wants us to do what's right. And again, we have to determine in our own heart what that is, which we're going to go there. He wants us to do what's right. He wants us to do what's right more than, um, I'm just going to say it, come to church, um, to be at a Bible study, um, to, get, to give to an offering. He really does. He wants us to do what's right before We do something that's superficial or just because we come to church doesn't make us right or just because we go to a Bible study or just because we read the word of God or just because we pray. Proverbs 4.23 says this, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight forward and your eyelids Look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Proverbs four twenty three, twenty seven. So 
the scripture is telling us how do we start to adjust our life? How do we become a man and, and or a woman of integrity or, or a, a young man or a young woman or a child as far as that goes? Well, here it is right here. Keep your heart with all diligence. Whatever comes into our heart will govern what we do and what kind of integrity we have. It really, really will. I, you know, I know, um, let me see, like, like, okay, hey, dad, you know, I know the music seems a little loud and the lyrics aren't, you know, they're not probably pleasing because there's cursing and stuff in the lyrics and it isn't so good. But you know what? I don't listen to the lyrics anyway. I just, I just like the beat. Do you ever hear that one? Come on. Whatever we let in through our eyes and our ears, they write to our heart, no matter how we look at it, and becomes who we are. And so how do we become a person of integrity? We put away from our deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. You know, actually, sometimes I like to look at this and say, if you want to become a person of integrity, um, shut your mouth. (laughs) Because so many times things come out of it that aren't so edifying or building up or good. And when they do, they only hurt ourselves and who we're speaking to. We, we depart from the man of, of integrity when we allow things to come out of our mouth that is trashy or bad or, or not edifying. What is, it, what is he saying? Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. And basically what he's saying is, hey, guys, listen, stay focused. Because if your eyes are before you, there's not a whole lot of trouble you can get into. And don't let, I'm not looking specific. <laughs> but I know, what do you do? You got, you know, ah, here, Trish. And don't let your eyes <laughs> fade away and look at others, guys, or other women. To say it like it is. When we let our eyes fade and they go places they ought not to go, we're not a man of integrity or a woman of integrity. Keep your eyes straight. The best way to say that, I think, is just say stay focused on, on, on what is a man of integrity or a woman of integrity. You stay focused on your wife. You stay focused on, on, on your husband. You stay focused on what's right. And you'll grow stronger in a person of integrity. And then it says, ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. So it just means think about it before you do it. You know, stop and think. You know, you, you, you know. You know if you're going to get into something you shouldn't get into. You know. You know, once in a great while you can say, I didn't know. Driving down the road and all of a sudden you see these red and green lights and you pull over. The officer comes up to your door and he taps on your, your window and down goes the window. And you go, but officer, I didn't know that I was supposed to wear a seatbelt. But officer, I didn't know the speed limit was was 30. I thought it was 130. You know, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. We know. We know before we go there. Most of the time, right? We do. So ponder the path of your feet. Stop and think. Would a man or a woman of integrity go there? Men, should I go there? Because if, if already you have a red flag in your heart, stop. Stop. Because you know what? You ever do this, guys? I mean, I'm being serious. Let me talk to the guys just a second. You ever do this one little thing you know you really shouldn't do? I'm not saying a real big thing. A little thing. I don't know. Whatever it might be. But the next thing you know, you go, oh, okay, that's not too bad. And then you, you could kind of like one more step, one more step. You ever do that? Do this, guys? The next thing you know, you're doing something you know you ought not to be doing. 
You know what I mean? It's just, that's what the Bible's saying when it says, ponder your path, establish your ways, because the way we go is the way we go. So if I I think about where I'm going to go, and I go, okay, where's that going to lead me? And then as I go, I continue to go. If If I do the right things, I'll continue to do right things. I could put it that way. Ponder the path of your feet. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So here it goes. You take a deep breath. Guys in the room, who's doing something evil? <laughs> I know, like, right? <laughs> you know. Uh, hey, hey, oh, I'm sorry. I. <laughs> She's usually celebrating. Of course you're not going to, like, stand up and, and, like, go, hey, you guys, I just want to confess to you this morning. I'm doing this evil, you know, and or this thing that, that God would consider evil. But the bottom line is, if we're here this morning and, and we've not pondered our path, guys, and we've not, you know, we're someplace where we ought not to be, why not this morning give it to God? Why not this morning take that deep breath and go, God, you know, I know I'm not supposed to be here. In a minute, I'm going to share three scriptures that will help support us in that, guys. Help support us in that. But listen, why not? Why not say, okay, I know I've went there, but, it, but it's time, time to stop, you know? Um, it's, it's just sometimes there's a time for that, you know? There's just a time. Proverbs twelve twenty two says this, Lying lips are an abom- abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Um, I would say that the number one thing that um, hurts us as men of integrity and will keep us in, in captivity in whatever it is that we're stuck in as men of integrity is right here. We'll have a tendency to lie, and then we have to lie to cover the lie, and the next thing you know, we become liars. I mean, chronic liars. Um, you know, women, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm not one, uh, but I know guys can have a tendency to really go here. And, and the next thing you know, we lie so much about things, we don't even know what the truth is ourselves, and we forget what we've said. And it just takes a man of integrity and puts us on hold and puts us into captivity. And, and, and it's not what God wants, you know. God says he wants us to deal, there's that word right there, to deal truthfully with things. Not, not, not just to speak truthfully or be true, because you can say, well, you know what, I know I'm not supposed to do this. I know I shouldn't lie. I know, right? We can say that all day long. But then if we don't stop doing it, what does it matter? No, he wants us to deal with it. You get it? I mean, let's deal with this thing. How do we do that? You know, can you do it on your own? Probably not. I know I, know I can't. The things I deal with on my own, guess what? Usually come full circle, right? Because a month, two months, six months, it comes back. <laughs> you know, I want God to deal with it. I want, I, I want to be able to give it to God. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, in Christ, in Paul, in that believer that's living a life of integrity, uh, these things do. And the God of peace will be with you. Um, 
Have you ever been somewhere with a, a friend or someone where they were purposely getting into trouble and you didn't know, you know, that they were going to do something stupid? Who, who could say you've ever been in a scenario where really that's all? Oh, I could put up both hands, two feet, and five fingers, or how many I got, I mean, whatever that um, happened to me all the time. And it, I'm telling you, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> well, once in a while, it might have been. But, but seriously, you know, you're just, you're just hanging out, or you're just doing something. Next thing you know, somebody or some person's stealing something, or saying something, or throwing a rock or an egg or something. You go, what are you doing? You know, it's kind of like, this is crazy stuff. Well, here's the thing. What God tells us is to take that deep breath. Because we know deep down inside what's right. We've got to come to a place in our life that no matter what someone else does, we don't do it. Now, now here's my point. Here's my point, though. I need to come to a place in my life that I don't do things just because someone else is doing it. Someone else is watching it. Someone else is listening to it. Now, hear me out. Matter of fact, I need to remove myself from that person. I I really do. A man of integrity is not going to stay stuck, or a woman is going to stay stuck in a circumstance that they know is eventually going to hurt their life. Now, come on. You know, we know. Here's the part. But either does God. God can't be a part of our life that's not of integrity. I'm not saying God will leave us nor forsake us. I'm not saying God doesn't love us. No, don't misunderstand. But do you think when I'm doing things that are wrong or things that are not being a man of integrity that God's going to enter into that with me? No. No way. And I know we don't really stop and think about that probably because if we did we probably wouldn't do anything wrong, right? But but you know we don't. He says he says listen Whatever these things are that are right, I'm just paraphrasing that, whole Philippians 4.8. Whatever's right, do it. And he says this right here too, watch, in verse 9. The things which you learned and received, it doesn't come naturally. Pause. Men, it's never, ever too late to speak into a child's life. Your child, someone else's child, whether you're mentoring someone. People of this generation, young people of this generation, young people of this generation are hungry for truth more than I have ever seen. We've been doing uh, youth ministry, family ministry for over 25 years. So I've seen many, many. We have seen and walked with many, many young people. They are more hungry than I've ever seen them. Just tell me some truth. I, I, they're, they're desperate, for lack of a better way to say it, just to hear someone speak truth. They really are. They really are. And, and you know what? You want to test that? Check it out. You go up to a young person and you just, you, in love. I'm not saying you go up to a young person and go, hey, you idiot, what are you doing? You know, and, and just slam them. But if, but, it, but if they need some instruction, most will receive it. You know why? Because they don't, they, for the most part, they don't get it. They don't get instruction. They, 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 they're a generation that has lived life from social media or from media or from TV and from, you understand what I'm saying? They're hungry for that, that, one, that one thought, that one good job. Oh, my. Oh, my. I, do, I go up to a young person and just go, I'm serious. I'm being, this seems simple. I'll just go, good job. 
and they just, they melt? What in the world, you know? I worked with a a 40, no, a 52-year-old for about six months. He he helped me uh, do some jobs. Awesome worker, hard worker, and he worked uh, sweating uh, or welding pipe. You guys probably relate that uh, better. And I remember, I'll never forget, he just left a job, moved here, left the job of 20 years, he, he did a weld, and it was awesome. And I'm just going, wow, dude, I never saw a weld like that. What, you, do, you do good work. And he looked at me, and he just looked at me. And I don't know, I don't know where he was coming from exactly, but he looked at me, and, I, and, and, and like this <laughs> tear came down his eye. And he goes, I've worked at so-and-so place for 20 years, and not one time did it. Anyone ever tell me I did a good job? Not one time did anyone ever thank me. And and you know, here this guy is fifty three years old, and he and he even he's grown up in in a time when he had no no one to encourage him, no one to 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 um, help him along. So now I want to transition a little bit, and I just want us to look at how God interacts with us. You know, I've been talking more about who we are as, as, as men of integrity, as women of integrity, as people of integrity. Um, but I want to just share a few scriptures about how God interacts with those people of integrity. And in 2 Samuel twenty two twenty six, and this is out of the NLT uh, translation, and, and basically it says the same through ESV or, or, or a lot of the other types of translations, but actually this translation uses the word integrity. So for the theologians out there, that's why I chose the NLT for this. But it says this in 2 Samuel twenty two twenty six: To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. Let that sink in just a minute. Now, he's speaking to God. He's speaking. Let that sink in a minute. So you got uh, a good friend. And this good friend all of a sudden calls you up and, and says, yeah, I don't want to be your friend no more. You know, I just, I just got to think about this, and you know what? Uh, I, just, I just got to tell you, uh, I don't even want to hang around with you anymore. Uh, matter of fact, I, you know, I don't, I don't even like you anymore. And so, so what do you do? Now, I, I, know, I know the spiritualist would probably want to go, oh, I still love them. I'd still, you know, I'd do everything I can do to try to hang out with them. And, but if they don't want that, and here's, here's the whole point. The thing is, is, is if our friend doesn't want to be around us, then even if we want to be around them, we can't. But we normally do respond to the things in life. If someone came up to, it, to us and started yelling and screaming at us, we probably were going to respond back with some type of a yelling or screaming. If someone came up to us and said, good job, we're probably going to respond back with a thank you. And, and, and as we look at how God responds to us, God responds to our faithfulness. God responds to a man and woman of integrity. God responds to us when we're a dad that instructs their, their child to do what's right. God responds to the faithfulness of a dad that, that lives a life of integrity, whether or not someone's looking or not. God responds. God sees. To those with integrity, you show integrity. God cannot speak into our life unless we're able to 
filter it into our life unless we can understand. If I'm in the middle of stealing something, uh, I doubt that very much I'm going to hear God's voice unless the voice says, stop stealing, right? But God can't speak into our life if we're, if we're doing stuff that's not of him. It's just not going to happen. Anyone here ever have a two-year-old in the house? A two-year-old, right? So what do you do when you go up to a two? Yeah, <laughs> what do you do when you go up to a two-year-old and say, "How many times have I told you not to do that? How many times?" Have I? And that two-year-old looks at you, and they have all kinds of different answers. But they just kind of look at you, and you go, "I know what they're thinking in their mind because we we've had two-year-olds too, our daughters and our grandchildren. They look at it and they go, "Okay, so okay, that's Papa. Okay, how many times have you told me?" Um, Told me what? If it's granny, they'll go, uh, about 1,226. God speaks to our life, man, and he says, how many times have I told you? And he wants us to respond. He wants us to engage him. First Chronicles twenty nine seventeen says, I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives, and I've watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyfully. God does examine our hearts. And the bottom line is, as he examines our hearts, he will speak into our life. Now, how might he do that? He'll do it through praying. He'll do it through the word. He'll do it through other people. He'll do it through circumstance. He'll do whatever it takes to get our attention. And that's exactly what we'll do to that two-year-old grandchild or our children. We'll do whatever it takes. And now, guys, listen. No words of condemnation because I understand. I, I told you right up front. At first, I, don't, I wasn't there as a daddy, man. I, I, I worked literally seven days a week. I mean that. And I provided for my family. But I'm telling you, I wasn't around when our kids were real young because I was working. But listen, men, men, it's never, ever, ever too late. If you leave with nothing else this morning, leave with that. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter if you're there for your children or not there for your children. It doesn't matter if life has brought you where you're, where you're, you're, you're separated or you're divorced. And it, you know what? It doesn't matter because in God's economy, his grace and his love is what will come through. If you become that man, if you will look to God and allow him to change your heart, that doesn't happen overnight, but it's going to be, God, you want me to be a man of integrity? I've messed up. That's where you start. You get on your knees and you go, God, I messed up. I messed up, and you know I messed up. And I, and I need your grace, and I need your love. I need, I need you to empower me to make that phone call and go, son, daughter, I'm sorry. I messed up. And then you got to be prepared because sometimes it always doesn't work out so great, we think. The son or daughter could say, I don't want to talk to you. I've been around in ministry a long time. And there's a lot of things that come back in your face sometimes when you messed up. But I'll tell you this, been in ministry long enough to know this too. The majority that have done exactly that, that have said, God, help me. Help me to repent. Help me to turn to you. Help me to hear your word. Help me to make that phone call, to write that letter. The majority, even when the people, their sons or daughters, lashed out at them, within a month, two months, six months, they come around and they say, thank you. And they've been reconciled. 
Don't give up. And if you're in a good place right now, you stay there. You stay there. You grow as a man of integrity, and you instill that on your young people, your children. Psalms 102.2 says, I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? Right there it is. That's the confession. God, I'm going to do my best to do what's right by what you say. But I need you. I need you to come and help me. I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. Psalm 101.2. Let's commit to that today. Let's commit to that today. That we will be a leader of a man in our home in the area of being an integrity sound man, one that does what's right. Romans seven fourteen says, For what am I doing? I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice, but but what I hate, that I do. This is Paul. And some of you might not know, but Paul's a pretty solid guy in the Bible. He loved God. He loves Jesus, right? And Paul, Paul's like my hero. I mean, again, some of you might know, not know the Apostle Paul from the Bible, but the Bible has a lot to say about Paul, and Paul wrote a lot of the Bible. He's my hero. <laughs> and this guy, if you kind of look at him through the, the Word of God, you're going to go, man, he can't do anything wrong. Well, Paul wrote this. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. And Paul said, you know what? I'm a guy. I love God. I love Jesus. And man, sometimes it, I'm, I'm taking some liberty here. with. I'm just kind of interpreting this. And, and, and he's going, but you know what? Sometimes it just drives me crazy because what I don't want to do, what I know that is wrong, ah, I do it. I do it even though I know it's wrong. And then he says, but you know what? I know what to do that's right. And he goes, even though I know what to do and I know it's right and I know it's what God wants. Man, there's just those times that I just don't do it. So Paul, a strong man of integrity, struggles. And so as we leave this morning... And as we pray, guys, go knowing that God's love is with you if you allow it to be. Go knowing that we all struggle and God knows it. He knows it's not easy. That's why we can't do it on our own. But we need him to walk with us in it. Ladies, probably some of you, and I'm sure definitely by way of web, by the way of internet, maybe some of you had had daddies that uh, weren't around like I wasn't for our kids when they were young, or maybe there's a, there's a struggle, you know, between you and your daddy or I don't know, but this this is what I know. This is what I know. Why do I why do I bring that up now? Because it's never too late. I mean, sometimes it, you might even have to write your daddy a letter because um, he's no longer with us. You know, I don't know. So many people tell me so so many times I pushed hurts and pains so far deep down that I assumed I got rid of them. 
but they don't go away on their own. Only God can do that. September 29th, 1992, 10.32 a.m. I walk into church for the first time. (laughs) Oh, what a crazy day. Some have trouble believing that I never went to church prior to that, but I never did. As a child, that never, ever, not one time. And I remember walking through the back doors. And as I walked through the back doors, I just went, so this is church. Oh, okay, this is a piece of cake. No problem. And I'm thinking, huh, they say I'll see God here. So I'm walking, I remember, I'm walking in, and the next thing I know, I have this conviction that I've never felt in my life come on me. And that conviction was saying, Tony, you know, you know that I'm not yours. You know that you don't belong to me. Some of you might think this strange, but hear my whole story. So the next thing I know, I find a seat in the very back of the auditorium or of the sanctuary. And I start crying, which I never, ever cried, ever. I mean it. I grew up kind of rough. I had, I, if I cried, it was a sign of weakness. And I could not be weak or I'd be pounded by anyone, my brothers, by whatever. Um, so listen. So I... I come forward an hour and a half later, and I stand in front, and the pastor's there, and he says, how can I help you, or what's up? How can I pray for you? I said, all I know is there's something in my heart that says I need to know who God is. I I can't explain it. I don't know how to tell you. And he just smiles. He said, well, I know. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, well, Tony, do you know Jesus, God's son? I said, no. I mean, seriously, I never heard of him. I never went to church. I never... I didn't know, I had no clue. And he shared, that pastor shared these three scriptures with me that day. He said, Tony, I want you to know in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I'm looking at him. He said, Tony, do you understand what I'm saying? And you know what my answer was? I hadn't had a clue. I've never heard the Bible or scripture or verses But when he said, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, in my heart, it's like God was saying, Tony, this is true. You you fall short of my glory. And I just said, I told the pastor, I said, I don't understand what you're saying, but in my heart I believe it to be true. And then he shared Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he goes, Tony, do you understand what I'm saying? I thought, no. Who's Jesus? Who's... But in my heart, I believed it to be true. God himself was revealing to me. I was a sinner separated from him. And he was telling me through his word and by the, his spirit that because of my sin, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That doesn't make sense to anyone unless God's telling your heart the truth. Right? Because you kind of like... I'd never heard that before. And then right here, this is what where God used this pastor to really speak to my heart. And that's Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. And I'm thinking, oh my. God is telling me right here and now that I have to choose. 
Will I repent of my sin? Will I turn from living life my way? Will I put my trust in him or not? And I did. I realized that when the word of God spoke to my heart, that I was a sinner separated from God, that I wasn't living a life that was pleasing to God whatsoever, but I didn't know what that life was, and the journey began. The journey began to, to grow deeper in the Word of God and to receive His love and His grace. And that might be you this morning. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're a dad and, and your heart's been quickened to think and to understand that, that God wants your life. He wants you. He wants you to be a man of integrity, one that's engaged with him, one that can hear his voice, his word, one that will allow him to walk with you in this journey we call life so that you can be a man of integrity and impart it to your children and to those around you. That's God's desire. Maybe you're a woman and you're in this room and the same thing. God speaks to your heart and he says, I want you to be a woman of integrity. I want you to understand you're a sinner separated from me. But I love you. And I don't want you to stay that way. I want to speak into your life, into your heart. It's a for real thing. But only God can reveal these things. I can't. Only his word and his spirit can. But maybe this morning he is. With that, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word and your spirit. I thank you for dads. This is a day we call Father's Day. It's a day we celebrate dads. And it brings up a lot of different things, I'm sure. I know I'm so happy to be a dad. (laughs) We have two lovely daughters. God, thank you for that. Thank you for help helping me to be a man more of integrity today than I ever was yesterday or years ago. Thank you for not giving up on me, for walking with me even today, and I believe even tomorrow. And Father, if there's but one person in this room that you are drawing them like you drew me that one day, you're drawing their heart, you're letting them know within their heart that their sins have separated them from you. And that today's the day of their salvation. Today's a day that you want to make them a man or a woman of integrity that will put their trust in you. May it be so.